0: Hello and welcome into the Celtics Life Podcast. It is our positivity podcast. We've talked about the Celtics' slow start for the last few episodes. This week, we're looking at the best turnarounds for past Celtics teams as well as others, plus all of your other weekly news. I'm Topher Lane, here with Luis Gonzalez. But as always, we want to thank you guys for listening. We'd appreciate if you subscribe and rate us five stars or leave reviews. So let's jump right in. Luis, we picked up a Big, much-needed win to keep us afloat around 500 against the New Orleans Pelicans. How'd you feel about that game? The offense, defense, defense. How'd you feel we did?
1: Well, the sky is no longer falling. Really? Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I still think some people think that it is, or feel that it is. Um, but definitely a good win. Definitely good to see them play, you know, well enough to win. You know, albeit it was against the Pelicans, who Pelicans got are off solid. To a great start, no? They, okay, yeah, they got off to a great start, and then some. In, you know, injury bug really early in the season, and they've sort of, sort of you know come back down to earth a little bit. But they are a solid team. I mm-hmm. still think they'll end up in the playoffs. We'll see long season, uh, but it was a solid win, and I was happy to see Marcus Smart in that starting line.
0: Yep, as as was Marcus minutes. Morris. Yep, 40 minutes for Smart. Morris also got a start as well. Uh, Smart in place of Brown, who was out of the back injury, and Morris yep. in place of Hayward, who was put on the bench. Uh, the offense looked great. We went on a quick run to open up the game. It was like 10-2, to 2, and then we rattled off some. It was like 20 to. 10 we figured out how to to really score in the first quarter to finish with like a 15 point lead or something at the end of the first Uh, and we were able to kind of match every run that the Pelicans had with one of our own so all around uh, a pretty good game and uh, I also noted that when Gordon Hayward was on the floor as a bench player the Celtics were doing extremely well Um, and I think Jay King tweeted about it that the Celtics had like a plus 140 in his minutes on the floor or something. So off the bench, wow. he's been very productive. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's huge. I, and he had said that he wants to, you know, if he is going to be more effective off the bench, he'd rather do that. He doesn't think he has to be a starter. Uh, maybe that's just for the time being. But it, it was really great to see all of that come together to pick up that win, regardless of the opponent. To to have that come yeah, together absolutely. and have that win on Monday night was was huge.
1: Absolutely, and and I'm a big fan of, like you said, uh, pushing Gordon Hayward back to the bench. I mean, right now, he just isn't as productive as he would be. Granted, again, he's still working his way back into basketball form Mm -hmm. after his injury last season, and I think that the win and the way that we won sort of proves once again that... The heart and soul of this team is not Kyrie Irving, it's not Al Horford, it's not Jalen Brown, is not Jason Tatum. It's Marcus Smart. Really? I I think so. You know, we we say this all the You won't see his impact on the stat sheet every night. You know, he's good for an offensive explosion every now and again. But it's it's all of the intangibles that Marcus Smart brings that I, I really think Makes him, you know, the, the heart of the team.
0: He is the longest tenured Celtic. I mean, you, you look That's at everybody he. on the team; he's he's got the most time with the Celtics. He's yeah, been there. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was Rondo before he was traded, and the Marcus Smart kind of picked up the torch. I, I think he's absolutely he a leader in the locker room in that regard. But he's still really young compared to everybody. I mean, I, I, we do have a young team, but he's still like a young guy. I don't know how many people think of him as a leader when you when you consider that he's still. I mean, he just signed his first extension, and you know, it's he's young, but he may be the leader. I, I actually, I when you first said that, I disagreed, but no, you actually, I, you could totally be right. And I on- mean,
1: let, let's 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 sort of expand on this for like three minutes. You know we're <laughs> this right. is getting a little bit off off topic, but if not Marcus Smart, who, who then on the team would you say is the I, I don't want to because heart and soul.
0: Like, I I mean heart. Yeah, not so, the
1: not the leader of the team, the heart and soul of the team. Because I do think that they they're different. I would say that the leader of the team, I would guess, is probably Al Horford. But the heart, soul, the identity of the team. I
0: would say it's Brad Stevens. I mean, if if you're talking just the players, then yeah, I guess I guess Marcus would be that guy. But you know, I mean, the, the team as a whole. Like if you're if you're looking at the locker room, I think Stevens would be that kind of commander the heart and soul kind of commander guy. That and makes then sense. on the floor, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, on the floor, he brings the tenacity, he brings the energy, he brings all that. And I think he said after the Pelicans game that having all that tenacity in the starting lineup, adding both Morris and himself to the starting lineup, it, he said that it was almost contagious and carried over to the bench as well, which I think was huge because you could see that. You could see the defense. I mean, we forced, like, 15 turnovers in the first half it was ridiculous it was unreal and that that was both the uh the starters and the second unit as well the defense was just it was just really good pressure all around from every guy on the court at all times of the game and you know there were lapses but most that was just Miritich just deciding to just go off I know he was just unstopped he was hitting from five feet behind the line he was just blind and he yeah. he's he's good for
1: a game or two like that. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? We
0: bottled we were able to bottle up enough other players that A D could do whatever he did and Miritich was able to have his night we were able to pick up the W, but that tenacity that he brought to the floor spread to everybody else. And that was huge. You know, that that was a really, really big aspect of, of getting that win against the Pelicans. Do you think that that means that he should stay a starter when Jalen Brown is healthy again? Do you think that keeping him and maybe Morris as well in the starting lineup will keep that rolling?
1: You know, if it works, if, if there are players who, you know, are feels a certain type of way being moved to the bench because, you know, they're just not producing as well as other players on the team, then... Then that's a problem that needs mm-hmm. to be addressed. Yeah. But assuming everybody's willing to, you know, assume whatever role is best for them, whatever role Brad Stevens thinks they're best suited for, mm-hmm. then you just roll with whatever works. And mm-hmm. if Marcus Smart starting works, then it works. And that's what we should probably stick with. Granted, it was one game. Yes. I would love to see this, you know, for. A week or two just to see overall how what you know what it looks like, but Mm -hmm. I I'm confident that we will have a a similar result with him in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah, well, so upcoming week Cleveland on Friday, so that's a that's an opportunity to mess with the lineup and to see what you can do because that they just sold off. I also they just sold Kyle Korver, and they're just a. Bad, bad basketball team. That you'd be able to play around with the lineup and see what happens there. I don't think Marcus needs to get 40 minutes in that game. You know that that's not why you need him on the court for the entire game almost. And, but he still should start, I think, because you can mess around with that. You can give him the chance. It's not the worst to rest Jalen if he is healthy and he's able to play. It's not the worst to give him the, the less time off the bench, or you know, just as, maybe just as much time off the bench. I don't know. But that's a team that you can really make those changes to. And then Minnesota the next night. And that, that's a little bit tougher of an opponent. Well, definitely a tougher opponent. Much tougher opponent, but still a reasonable one. So I I think that it's, it's worth keeping them as starters, at least for those two games, and seeing what you got, seeing if you can still play with that, that energy and, and that defensive tenacity that he brought to the court against New Orleans.
1: It's funny that you say that because now, I, well, what I was going to say is that I I certainly don't think that you can write either of these two teams off.
0: Cleveland? They're still,
1: I mean, Cleveland is a terrible team. But yeah, wait, wait. I, you can I absolutely think write they, Cleveland off. <laughs> no, I, I, but I, I think Boston still needs to show up. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm I'm worried that we'll overlook them. We won't be the tenacious team that showed up against New Orleans. And we may win this game, but then we'll turn around and lose against Minnesota. See, that's
0: what I really like. Because we lost that
1: tenacity for one game.
0: That's what I really like about this start, about the fact that we've been, you know, a a team that hasn't been meeting expectations, is that right now, every game is a must win for these guys. Every win, they're going to come out and they're going to say, no, we have to play better. We have to be better than we've been. And so I... That's one thing that I really like about this start is that it was humbling enough that we're not going to underestimate anybody. And you saw that against Chicago. You saw that against Atlanta. Guys that we just came out and we just blew them out of the water because we need these wins. And they understand that. And, you know, coming out flat against Utah, which I think was partially a back-to-back thing after an overtime win against Toronto, and that we still were kind of finding our identity and our, our role and stuff, but... I think that, I, I, I understand that that's something that we have done in the past when we were underestimating teams, but I don't think that right now is, is a situation where this team is going to underestimate anybody. And I think maybe if, if this worked against New Orleans and it works again against Cleveland, then we figured out the recipe for success. And it, it's the fact that we have, you know, Marcus squared in the starting lineup, and Marcus Morris and Marcus Smart. Uh, Is that
1: the nickname that we're
0: going with for them? I have, I literally made it up right then. <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't. I hope it's not because it's not good. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> we'll figure something out. It works out. for right now. Yeah, but in the moment, I think that's <laughs> both the Marcuses in the starting line. If that's, if that's the right, and that you know, we'll work on the nickname as we figure out if it works. Right now, we're not confident enough. We need, we need more of a, uh, of a sample size to figure that out. Uh. Okay.
1: But I, I, I do I do like that in the starting lineup. I, I, I do really, too. I really, really do. I think it works very, yeah. very well
0: for us. Granted, the, that was we, a we good don't. Yeah, that was a good situation against New Orleans because Morris fit the kind of defensive situation against like A D and Miritz. Yeah, like that, yeah, that fit absolutely. better than the lineup they were playing. And that's I think it was we had a conversation last week, and I'm not sure if if Justin and I talked about it last week as well. But <clears throat> about how Brad Stevens in the past, a lot of what has led to success has been his willingness to change the starting lineup from game to game, even in the playoffs. He didn't, he didn't go with who's the most tenured, who's the best player. He went with the matchups, and that w- that's the situation of benching Avery Bradley in place of Gerald Green, and we saw that all the time, and he finally may have gotten back to that against New Orleans, and maybe he'll continue to do it. Maybe there will be games that Gordon Hayward will be more suited to be playing than Marcus Morris or that Jalen Brown will be more suited or maybe that Tatum needs to be benched and we need to figure out a different situation at small forward not because he's not playing well but because the matchups just make more sense that way and I I think that that's partially something that we can look forward to maybe this is the game where you realize like no you know what I need to go back to my roots I need to go back to making these changes and you know I I just think that maybe this is the the catalyst that has that happen and sorry, I cut you off. Continue You you were talking.
1: No, well, would you say that Brad Stevens felt pressured to like like what you're sort of hinting at right now, to play the most talented lineup as opposed to the lineup best? Because that's what I that's what I am yeah. thinking now.
0: Yeah, I think I think he was. In that he yeah. He absolutely was kinda forced not forced, but just felt that he needed to be playing the most talented lineup because it was you know every game and, and he didn't really stray away from it Um. so I, I, I do and I do want to write and I'm planning on writing a, a piece for Celtics life about how Stevens has never really coached stars and back when I first started writing for Celtics life in I think 2014 someone noted that he's never coached stars well and yeah. you know I mean my perspective is that he's always been this kind of scrappy underdog who's never been a star in himself he started as an assistant coach and and just fought his way up and he was never a basketball guy he was an he was a mind guy he used his mind to kind of to work his way into where he got and so he was always just kind of this small dude who who had never been a star in anything that he did and just kind of worked his way to the top so he's thrived with those guys as players the Isaiah Thomass of players yep and but never a never a true star and you can look at last season and say he did, but the playoff run wasn't with any of his stars nope. you, know, you look it at Al wasn't. Horford, people say he's not a good player he's not people say that he's not he doesn't deserve Max contract he doesn't but you know what he's the fighter, he's the scrapper, he's the guy who's not a star, he's just a really good player who works really really, really hard. And that's such Brad Stevens. That's why Al Horford works so well in Brad Stevens' system is because that that's the way it is. And so losing Kyrie, losing Gordon Hayward, he he fought that team to the playoffs, to the Eastern Conference Finals. And so I do want to write about that because I think he did. I think he was forced to start this this talented lineup of all stars and all really good players. And that's not who he is. That's not how he coaches. And that's why we went no. ten and ten through the first stretch, through the first twenty games. Yeah. So yeah. no, I I agree. I think he he was forced yeah, to start I, that.
1: The the Celtics were so much fun to watch in the playoffs last season. Mm-hmm. the The result wasn't the one that we wanted, but I think as a whole, they they got. I think the fan base as a whole didn't think that they would get as far as they did. You know.
0: I think we did. I I think the NBA fan base didn't. I think Celtics fans were never really... I think every single series we were expected to lose in five games. Milwaukee, Philly, Cleveland. All of them we were expected to lose in, like, early. And Milwaukee obviously first forced a series. And then Philly we just plowed through. And Cleveland, we just didn't have the players. I mean, it's like, that was was such a hard-fought series... And yeah. if we had anybody, you know, I mean, it was Terry Rozier having to run the show, the entire series, and yep. you know, I I think I was really I was pleased with how that season went. I I wasn't oh, expecting absolutely. when Gordon Hayward went down five minutes into the se- into the game, into the series, I should say. I was not expecting Eastern Conference Finals, and so I was happy. The, I think I think Celtics fans were. I think any any of us thought we could have made the finals when we were looking at this team heading into the playoffs. So
1: Okay. But if I told you, or if I asked you, do you think we would be in a game seven? And remember how we lost that game seven? We had one of the worst shooting nights, yeah. if not the worst shooting night of the season from three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's is. really the reason that we'll say that's the reason that we if we had connected on on a few of those shots, we would have been in the finals. But if I had told you that the Celtics would be in a game in a in a very competitive down to the wire game seven against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference Finals without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward in their starting lineup, I think I would be lying if I said that I would have believed that that was a
0: realistic scenario. I didn't think that Cleveland team was that good. I mean, I don't tend to bet against LeBron himself, but I, I had said that this was going to be the season, last season, was going to be the season that he missed the finals for the first time. And yeah. so I, th- I thought Toronto was going to take him down. You were you hated me for that. You and I argued about that all the time. Because <laughs> yeah, you, you time. were right. You and were right. Toronto was yeah. not the team to do it. But I thought well, Toronto was going to be the one that did it in the, the semis. Or the quarter Whatever The second round You um, know the second round Yeah The I don't know why The semi The eastern conference semi Regardless I, I thought Toronto was going to do it And so I wouldn't have been surprised You know I, I just I wasn't that high on that That Cleveland team And It was It was exclusively LeBron Who just willed them To the finals And he did And it was ridiculously yeah, he, impressive he And did, He did the LeBron thing Yes And it was It was incredible but no, I I, w- I wouldn't have been surprised. But I'm, granted, I'm also an optimist. I'm like a blind Celtics optimist. It's a yeah. problem. I, <laughs> I, need to, I, I need I need to, to go to therapy. A little... that. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, I try to step back and uh, yeah. try to truly assess, you know, the landscape.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not good at that, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so no, I would not have been surprised by that. So, okay, this brings us to kind of our optimistic side of of how we're looking right now, and I think that the key is to look at previous teams that have turned around bad seasons. And so within recent memory, you look at the past three iterations of the Celtics, all of which have had pretty bad starts and come around to make solid performances in the playoffs. You have last year's Celtics started twelve and eight, which is only two game difference from what we're looking at now. That went to the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals. Or sorry, this is two years ago. The sixteen seventeen twelve and eight Celtics Eastern Conference Finals lost to Cleveland in five games. That was the probably the best Cleveland team that we saw. Uh, and I think it's the one that won the finals, if I'm not mistaken. That oh, won. The, sh- that won the ring.
1: Yes, it was. It was. It was because the Warriors won the year before
0: yes so 15-16 Celtics went 11-9 and to start the season turned it around and lost to the Atlanta Hawks first round got swept by them, that was the season before Al Horford arrived so that was the Paul Millsap, Jeff Teague and Al Horford Hawks that was a rough series yep. but still, turned it around after an 11-9 start the 14 15 sees 7 and 13 start
1: yeah that, that was the team that stormed back yep after a bad start to the season That's yes and that granted
0: that it. was that was the season that we started with Rondo and Jeff Green oh. and all those guys all those guys were still on the team that season and that was the season we traded for everybody and kind of pieced together uh all the, like Jay Crowder and and all those guys that was a fun team um, but Very that fun. that playoff Very scrappy. that yeah. series against Cleveland was uh, J.R. Smith like broke Jay Crowder's knee and like that was a yeah. that was the Kelly Olenek pulling Kevin Love's shoulder out. Yeah. That was that was a chippy series. Got swept by Cleveland first round. It happens. That was the first season that looked wrong was with the Cavs. No, I don't think I'd be expected that team to get through. I think that was a seven-two matchup, and we barely snuck past the Nets at the eight seed. So. I don't think anybody expected that team to be nearly as good as they did. Or to get nearly as far as they did. And the start was just abysmal. And turned it around for a really solid second half. One of the best second halves we've seen in a while for the Celtics. Uh, before that, the 12-13 season, which was Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett's last season, they started 11-9 and went around to, to get to the playoffs. That was the Knicks' last postseason series victory. Uh, lost them in six games, but still made the playoffs. 11-12, C's... I I, I do do want to
1: make a point here, because um, remember, it was last week or maybe the week before, Kyrie um, was saying that he wished that the Celtics had a 13th veteran to, you know, sort of calm things down, and that, you know, 2011 2011, I'm sorry, 2013-2014, 2012, 2013. Got it. Boston that time. Celtics team. <laughs> yeah, finally um, with Paul <laughs> Pierce and KG. These are these are veterans. Obviously, especially KG. They mm-hmm. were all at the tail end of their productive careers. Obviously, they both went on to play. Yeah, don't sport, tell that to Billy King. Productive careers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Um, but they were veterans. Mm-hmm. A bad start. You know, it's sometimes it's these things happen Mm -hmm. these bad starts just happen regardless of whether your locker room is full of two or three year players or 12 13 year vets
0: Mm -hmm. you know these things happen the uh 2011-2012 celtics started with the same record 10 and 10 and they went to the eastern conference finals after the same starting record where they lost to miami in that Devastating, I think it was game six, where LeBron just went absolutely off and destroyed the Celtics. Oh. Uh, that I was to Miami.
1: That. I remember that game like it was yesterday.
0: <laughs> that was rough. So yep. I mean granted, that was that was Miami. That was LeBron. LeBron genuinely genuinely is the team that knocks us out of the, the playoffs. So ten and ten start that year and turned it around to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals really only a game away from the finals. And kind of robbed of of that, so there's uh, there's recent memory. You can go back to two thousand four, two thousand five, nine and eleven start. Uh, the year before eight and twelve start. All of these were playoff teams. Teams that worked their way into the the playoffs. So for me, it's not that alarming. To have this kind of start because that happens. It's an 82-game season, and there's so much time to spin it around. I mean, you can make a move and do what the the Celtics did of the year that we picked up Isaiah and everybody else, and just have an incredible second half. We weren't even supposed to be in the playoff picture, and somehow turned it around into not even the eighth seed, but the seventh seed that we pushed our way there. I turned my Jeff Green jersey, my Jeff Green eight jersey, into an icon for getting the eighth seed. So. <laughs> you know, it's like I, you just make those pushes, and that's what that's what this team did. Yeah. And so, I I have no reason to be concerned for this team. And I I said today, I'm so sick of the concern talk because we talked about it on every single pod. It's time for positivity. And I think these numbers show. You can look at other teams. There have been tons of other teams that have uh, have turned around bad starts. This two thousand four, two thousand five Chicago Bulls started zero and nine and finished forty seven and thirty five that was their first playoff appearance since go. jordan left
1: so you can use so many clichés and old sayings in this in this case you know sloan said he wins the race it's not how you start it's how you finish mm-hmm. and you know going through all of these numbers all of these previous boston teams and other you know other nba teams that have gotten off to it shows that you can get off to a 10 and 10 start a 10 and 15 start maybe not an 0 and 20 start and you know you might be kind of screwed at that point but you can get off to a mediocre (laughs) start and still end the end the season in a pretty good spot yeah so i i think i think we're going to be just fine yeah again if we're in january or february and we're still 500 then i think we have legitimate reasons to be concerned no but I don't think that anyone should be too, too up in arms that, you know, we've, you know, we're off to this funny start. We're not under even going to think about these, it. We're not going to yeah, think no, about it. it. It's the, the positivity Stevens, these, pod. These, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Under Brad Stevens, these starts are more commonplace than I think most people realize.
0: I guess. Yeah. So, Whatever. Positivity pod. We're good. We're lo- and let's go to more positivity. We'll wrap that stuff up. We'll jump to more positivity. Uh Mike Gorman. Play by play for NBC Sports Boston is returning for 3 more years to sign an extension. That's positive. psyched about that. I always Very love positive. Yeah, that's great. I'm really psyched about that. I hope they can lock up Tommy Heinsohn for a little longer, but I know that he's kind of nearing retirement. So That's yeah, that's fine. I, I can't
1: imagine he has too much left in, yeah. him, you know, come you know. Commentary wise, well, actually, no. I'm sure he's good for he lots of commentary. He absolutely, he absolutely has the commentary.
0: <laughs> that's that's <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes, he a, does. Whether it's it's the energy to just stay like get to games and you know the the late games and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. is. he stopped yeah, traveling? He stopped, he
1: stopped traveling. Yeah. Yep.
0: So now, nah, I mean, it's we'll, we'll unfortunately see the end of that sometime soon. That tandem, but Scal does a good job. So we've got the the he future does. of of Celtics broadcast in good hands. Uh, excited about that. Other news that broke before recording: Kendrick Perkins wants back in and says he wants to sign a 10-day contract once they're eligible to in January and has reached out to the Celtics. What do you think about that?
1: I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. If we can get it done, we have literally nothing to lose. Yep. I think he would be a great locker room presence. He's criteria that Kyrie was asking, you know, asking for mm-hmm. about two weeks ago. I Even if they, you know, continue their winning ways or you know, the the Pelicans game was just a sign of things to come. I still think that it would be beneficial to have him in the
0: locker room. Yep. We should have the Jabari Bird stuff resolved by then, so we should have an open roster spot. Uh, you can look forward to a post from Justin kinda of breaking down the money aspect of it and all the possibilities as far as that goes. To find a way to navigate under the tax. We all know that's Justin's speciality, so you can look forward to that, yes, it is. Uh, and so that that'll be there. Um, but no, I, I like it a lot. And Mark was telling us before recording that that Perk was apparently just as integral to the chemistry in the locker room during the finals run as Doc Rivers was. So if that's what you know this team needs is some kind of rock to be there, who better than than Perkins, who's you know tried and te- tried tried and tested, tried and t- is that the phrase tried and tested? Yeah, true. Yeah, it's true definitely and not. Tested, something along, something along and, those lines.
1: <laughs> something about true and trying. Yeah, like that. he's that, and, and some
0: so <laughs> he's that, and we're excited. I, I'm really into it. Uh, I'd love to hear other fans' perspective. I, I'd love to hear who isn't into it because I just I can't see the reason not to do it. Uh, it'd be like the Greg Monroe situation last year, where like maybe he wasn't the the biggest addition to the team, but we didn't really lose anything by signing him. So. Uh, Other moves, Kyle Korver was sent from the Cavs to the Jazz, left the Eastern Conference, which I don't really care that he's off the Cavs as much as that he did not get traded to the 76ers, who really would have benefited from his services as a sharpshooter off the bench. What are your thoughts?
1: Quiet professional. I always really playing against him. I'm also glad... That he didn't end up in Philly, let's mm-hmm. see him on friends because I was you know at pick and roll and just pulling up you just felt like it was always going to go in in, in the basket, mm-hmm. so i'm um, I'm happy yeah i think I think he'll thrive in Utah,
0: yep, 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 speaking of Philly Markel Fultz Definitely not part of their future. After a year and like 20 games, maybe 22 games, he is now going to see a shoulder specialist separate from the team. And the Sixers front office is fielding calls, trying to figure out where they can send him to. I guess Phoenix and I don't remember who the other team were, are kind of the front runners, but they're looking for a first round pick for Markel Fultz. Continuing with Philly, the As pick result. that we got in the Fultz deal, Sacramento pick, has fallen a little bit closer to earth after a really hot start. The Kings have slowed down, dropped to 10-10, and 10, which right now would fall about right at the end of the lottery. 15th pick, ours would be at 20th, and Memphis at 21. Clippers amazingly have the third best record. In the NBA 27th. So the Sacramento pick is starting to look a little better after De'Aaron Fox just took off and led the Kings to a really good start. But looks like it's maybe a little bit better situation. Um, and now we'll jump to future or upcoming week. We'll go next two games back to back Friday, Saturday, third straight week with back to backs. Cleveland on Friday, Minnesota Saturday, home and away, back to back. Predictions what do you got
1: so last week unrecorded we had technical difficulties and i think i call to go oh and four uh, this you did not week i will
0: you did you you called like three and one you called the same as me We're i think I, no i i think <laughs> i will say two and oh i cool. think i like it two and oh i agree cleveland should hopefully be easy minnesota i think will start rolling and then we'll just kind of catch fire uh, whatever happens, you can read a bit on CelticsLife.com where you should check out the links at the top of our page where we have a huge variety of shirts and hoodies. And you can even get tickets to the next game. You can get the tickets to the Cleveland game on Friday. Check it out and it'll be a good time. You can also find our podcast on Wooshka, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and most of your podcatcher apps if you use them. We'd always appreciate if you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of our wonderful episodes. And if you like what you hear... We'd really love if you read us five stars. It helps us be seen by other basketball podcast listeners. And if you have something that you like to say, you have a suggestion, you don't like something, let us know with comments or feedback on our Celtics Life articles or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod, where we just want to bring you guys all the Celtics coverage that you want, just the way that you like it. Luis, welcome back to the podcast world.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be
0: here. Yeah. All right, have a good one, guys. Later, y'all. Ba-da-da-da-bomb. ba da da, da, ba, ba, da ba.